Wall Street is full of corruption and it is baked in to every aspect of our society. MMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level. In the 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This was written over a hundred years ago. This is The Rogue Scholar with Steve Grumbine. Hey everybody, it's uh, Steve, the Rogue Scholar today, and uh, I am going to talk to you about something that I think is very important. You know, we, as per the usual, we do talk frequently about modern monetary theory here. And, you know, this this past weekend we did a, uh, you know, March for Medicare in the nation's capital, and it became very, very obvious that MMT and policy while not the same when you don't evaluate your policies through an mmt lens you end up with something that is well it's just straight out of a horror movie a lot of times right and and so what i want to do is i want to explain the difference between mmt informed policy and mmt and more importantly what is not MMT, right? Because this is a very, very important thing because you see on every meaningful news outlet, every possible social media outlet, it is universally thought that if someone deficit spends that they're quote unquote doing MMT. And, and there's no such thing as doing a description, right? MMT literally describes the plumbing. It describes the system as it works. It describes the flows, the way it goes through the system, each exchange in the system. It describes every step through the process, okay? Now, for those of you who are used to being inundated with propaganda about you know affordability and things like that, obviously, if you understand the way that the system works and you understand the flows in the system, you know when they're selling you a bill of goods right? But you're not doing MMT to know they're selling you a bill of goods, right? And see, one of the other challenges is this. MMT is not political in its nature. Any more than plumbing is political in its nature. It's descriptive, okay? So if you are modern monetary theory for real progressives, let's say, you will take an MMT lens and then you will assess the policies that are being brought out in the progressive or leftist space, and you'll be able to tell whether or not this is a good policy, a bad policy, why it would fail, why it wouldn't necessarily be in our best interest. Or maybe somebody with a completely different set of interests looks at this and analyzes it with an MMT framework and says, hey, you know what, it, it, it serves our interest to fatten corporations and to empower corporations and so forth and empower the rich because we have an ideological proclivity to, you know, this concept of trickle-down economics or individual ownership versus collective ownership and things like that. Those are all political conversations, none of which really have anything to do with MMT, okay? And so within that, I, you know, I find it fascinating because a lot of academics, not even MMT specific academics, but a lot of academics get into fights with activists out there saying that, you know, oh, you're doing that MMT thing. Oh, MMT is crazy. And, and people literally think that MMT is just random amounts of printing money, that that is what MMT is. It's not that at all. It's like, it's not even a little bit that, right? I mean, MMT tells us that printing money isn't even a thing, much less, you know, trying to tell you, <laughs> trying to tell you that you're doing MMT. Well, what if you did MMT? How do you do a description? I mean, ultimately, the priorities that you have or that the Democrats have or that the Green Party has, if they were in power, or the Republicans have, if they're in power, each of these groups, as they put forward policies and they describe how it would be paid for 
okay? MMT will tell you what you're looking at. It will help you. It's like a decoder ring. It's decoding the bullshit. It's decoding the things that people are saying out there. It's exposing the, the heart, if you will. It is exposing the priorities. It's exposing um, all the other externalities that go into making a policy proposal. But like, perfect example, a Green New Deal is not doing MMT. However, MMT describes a Green New Deal and it talks about how we might go about doing that in terms of financing and funding, okay? So within that space, if you understand that you're saying you want to do, let's say hypothetically, you want to do public banking, right? And you ask yourself, well, where does money originate? What, what is money? And, and, and what does it stand for? Well, money is a creature of the federal government, okay? Article 1, Section 8 of the United States Constitution tells us that Congress alone has the power of the purse. So a public bank would naturally have to get its funding either from neoliberal purposes where investors put money in there and then they loan out those deposits. So it wouldn't really be the same kind of a bank or they are literally trying to recreate what original banks were supposed to be as public purpose entities, duplicating, having a dual banking system where the banks we have today are really public banks that have been allowed to go amok that haven't been regulated properly or whatever. And we've allowed them to just become these wildebeests while over here we're saying, well, we'll, we'll create a public bank and that public bank is still a public purpose entity. However, the funding comes through totally different ways. Okay. Bottom line is, is that MMT isn't doing MMT. You're not doing MMT with any of that. You're describing it just like Medicare for all. You're not doing MMT to do a Medicare for all solution. That's not doing MMT. But if you listen to MMT and you allow MMT to inform your Medicare for all conversation, then MMT would tell you when you look at the numbers and you look at where things are going, you look at the impacts of doing a Medicare for all, national improved Medicare for all at that. What it will show you is that it decreases the amount of extraneous economic activity. And by diminishing economic activity, it then in turn also lays off resources because there's a lot of resources in that mix that are wasting time trying to find ways to deny you service, okay? So by getting rid of that, it literally gets rid of jobs, okay? That sounds bad at first until you think about it gets rid of jobs, it diminishes a whole lot of economic activity. And so what would Medicare for all be? It would be deflationary, okay? It's number one, taking a lot of the cost out of the system. It's taking away a lot of the inefficiencies out of the system. And it's simultaneously laying people off. So MMT would tell you that if there's unemployment, the deficit is too damn small because Unemployment is a creation, a direct creation of the state not funding enough jobs by putting enough money into the economy. It's a failure of deficit spending. It's a lack of deficit spending in this case, okay? So unemployment, they would tell you flat out that the, the right goal here would be full employment because if you understand that the tax was implemented to create a need for you to need the currency, okay? So MMT has one policy and one policy only, and it's not really a policy. It's a completion of the circuit, if you will. MMT says that state governments that impose a tax, and they all have to, to have their currency have any value whatsoever. The tax is what maintains the value of the currency, okay? Without having that tax there, your currency is is worthless, okay? But what MMT will tell you is that by instituting a tax, you created the first unemployed person to pay that tax. They have to do something to get the currency to pay the tax that was instituted. And this went back centuries. This isn't some new thing. And this is for all these governments that create their currency, whether it be back in uh, Caesar's times where he put a Caesar on the denaro or whatever the hell it was, right? 
each time you look at state currency, you understand that it is a creature of the state and that the citizens of the state didn't already have those tokens and were paying them. No, those tokens came into existence when the state wanted to provision itself. It wanted to get roadways, aqueducts, standing armies, whatever. So MMT doesn't do anything. It shows you what's going on here. And in this case, it's telling you that the state created an unemployed person. By creating an unemployed person, that person has no way of getting the tax money, the, the, the currency that's needed to pay the tax without having a means of getting that currency. And so MMT would suggest that in order to complete the circuit, the government has a responsibility to fix and provide a outlet to get that currency. And that would be through a federal job guarantee. So the, the federal government creates a federal job guarantee provision to be locally administered, federally funded, okay, to solve the problem that creating the tax in the first place brings about. You've got an unemployed person. You have a choice. You can leave them at the mercy of capital and the business cycle, or you can create a bottom, a stabilizer, an automatic stabilizer that automatically kicks in when people get rolled off of private sector employment or public sector employment and they need a job. Now, all of a sudden, there's a job there. So they keep the flow going and it keeps the economy from bottoming out. These are logical things. We have that with unemployment insurance, which this would not displace. We have that with social security. When certain things kick in, it kicks in. We have this with food stamps. When certain things happen, they kick in. Okay. And it would be the same thing with the job guarantee. Only difference is that people could choose to go on a public option for employment. So this is the one policy that MMT is founded on because it says that you created a policy of taxing that policy of taxing was to create workers that are unemployed that would then service the government to do its bidding. To solve that problem, government created, it has to have a job there to solve that problem of the tax. That's the only, the only policy that is quote unquote MMT. And I wouldn't call that a policy. I would call that part of a circuit. You don't have a complete circuit. You haven't plugged the plug into the outlet. You got no juice without having that. Otherwise, you're left with all these crazy highs and lows, ebbs and flows. And the economy then is pegged to the labor standard, right? And so this is where the value of the currency, you know that you've got 350 million people capable of paying that tax that is imposed on them, but more importantly, capable of also being a countervailing power against capital. As capital tries to take you by your labor for nothing, now capital has to beat, meet or beat that job guarantee wage, okay? And that job guarantee wage could be set at anything we like, a living wage, $25 an hour plus benefits. Why not? Okay, so now you've got this job guaranteed job that pays better than Walmart, that pays better than uh, Amazon, that makes it so you don't have to go into the military and sell your life away so that you can do things. Okay, this is what the federal job guarantee does. Okay, now there's some that would like to call this, like Warren Mosler, he would like to call this a transitional job to transition from uh, unemployment and back into private employment. Me, however, I'm looking at this from a different perspective. I'm looking at this as a leftist, and I'm saying to other leftists who want to work in a union, want to want to build unions back up, are looking at unions as being the viable organizing force to take on capital and to take on these other um, entities that are fighting us. We would look at unions as a viable thing, as an important thing, and the job guarantee allows people to, like when I was a union guy and I was on the, the picket line, we would oftentimes have to go get part-time jobs during strikes because the strike pay was very minimal. Unfortunately, unions don't have enough money or they didn't have enough money to make it so that everybody had a living wage during a, a work stoppage. So you were expected to get a bunch of overtime and stuff like that in advance of a strike. The problem is, of course, that management knows that and management cuts on, uh, cuts over time so that you can't stockpile money and the vicious cycle goes on. But 
if there was a potential for a job guarantee that would allow workers to go on strike and have a living wage while they're on strike, my goodness, what a change that would be, right? What a hugely difference maker, big time difference maker that would be. And as you look at, you know, climate crisis, for example, right? MMT doesn't fix climates, but MMT describes what's available to us to make it so that we can address climate crisis. See, unfortunately, we are steeped in this understanding of there is no alternative, that the only choices we have are capital, that we only have choices with Wall Street, that we only have choices with neoliberalism, that there is no alternative. And for the last seven years, I assure you, I've never broken stride with this. This is the the name of the game. The fact is, is that neoliberalism is the bad guy here. Neoliberalism is the push for privatization. It is the push for getting rid of Social Security and moving it to private accounts on Wall Street. It's the push to do all sorts of things that have nothing to do with preserving a public space for us to gather, for a public space for us to be a part of. It, in fact, is all about privatizing, right? Now, MMT can be done in a neoliberal fashion, and we have seen MMT done in a neoliberal fashion for our whole lives, okay? If you want to talk about being done, I'm telling you, you can't do MMT because it's a description, okay? But Dick Cheney, when Ronald Reagan blew the deficit up, as people say, on the military fighting the Cold War, what did he do? He did MMT, if you want to call it that, the way these guys say, right? He did MMT. But he didn't do MMT. What he did was he understood and Cheney understood and the rest of the Republicans and the business class and leaders understood, going back to Nixon's time, understood that when you remove the gold peg, we won World War II by removing the gold standard, by being able to do these things. And I am not going to get into all the shit about Joseph Stalin really won it in the Russians. I get it. That's not the point. Please don't be one of those people. Actually, I have a point I need to make. It was really the Russians. Shut up. Just shut up. I get it. Shut up. Right? Seriously. Come on. It's like Cliff Clavin of activists. Actually. You know, shut up. Right? Anyway, but the point I'm making here is that the money was never the issue. It was always the resources. Right? And so MMT shows us that the real resources are what's at play. So when we talk about, like, is a UBI a good thing, right? MMT tells us that we have money, period. If, if the popular will of the people is to spend money on something, we, we can do that. There's nothing preventing that from happening. However, what MMT also shows us is that a lack of production in the face of incredible amounts of actual uh, buying power, aggregate demand, right? When you have an increase in aggregate demand that doesn't have production matching up to it, you end up with a very, very bad situation that creates bottlenecks, shortfalls, you know, rationing service, price hikes, real inflationary potential, okay? And so MMT would say, hey, listen, that, UBI or whatever also does something really, really bad that's counter to the value of the job guarantee. And that is that bad corporations can maintain their shit wages and just subsidize themselves using your UBI. And there's no peg on any service to block the gouging of prices for rents and everything else. But a job guarantee sets the standard, sets the labor standards like a de facto gold standard. It's got what they call a nominal price anchor, meaning it keeps prices down because everybody has a certain amount of money coming through the door. Okay. So if you understand that, I just described the outcomes of a UBI with an MMT lens. I didn't do MMT by providing. A UBI. I said 
A UBI creates inflationary pressures. It allows bad businesses to subsidize shit wages. It doesn't provide any of the things that you think it'll do because at the end of the day, without that nominal price anchor that the job guarantee gives, we've already seen how the capitalist class, when you have an inch, they'll take two inches back. And so this is what happens with the inflation. They got their piece back. They got their VIG. Okay. Now job guarantee, they can't do that. Okay. But with a UBI, absolutely can. Is it because I don't like the UBI? No. Is it because I'm smart as a whip and I understand the way that the fucking economic system works? I understand the economic system. I may not be smart as a whip, but I truly understand it. And I'm telling you, these are things that are not good. They're no bueno. Okay. Not because I don't like people. I love people. That's why I want a federal job guarantee. We already have social security. Okay. Now let's talk about that for a minute. Social security is not an MMT policy. There's no such thing as an MMT policy, right? There may be an MMT informed policy, but there is no MMT policy in the sense. What MMT says is that is unnecessary for us to collect FICA taxes to pay for social security benefits. It tells us that social security benefits can never run out unless there is a political decision to run out of money. It has nothing to do with the availability of money. The country creates currency every single time it sends a social security check out to someone. Every single time. Every single time. So if you understand that, you start looking at all these other policies in terms of if money is not the big issue, if, if money is really not as relevant as the real resource it presents, then maybe rather than giving people money, I should make sure I give them food and I should give them shelter and I should give them clothing and I should make sure that they have public transportation available at free or reduced cost. You know, maybe I should make sure that no one is suffering without dental care. Maybe I should make sure of these things and provide universal basic services because unlike the person with the UBI, if inflation goes up, they still got their thousand inflation ticket, to, you know, 1500. Well, shit, you're out of luck. You got to go out and get another job to make up the Delta there. Okay. But it doesn't work that way on the other side. Right? Social security, we could get rid of FICA yesterday. Completely wipe it out. There's no need for somebody to pay their fair share for FICA to work, for Social Security to work. So if you understand that, are you doing MMT or you just understand the way the system works? I say you just understand the way the system works, right? MMT provides that space. So if I say we don't need to finance a green new deal through a network of public banks i'm telling you the straight skinny that the federal government creates money out of thin air when it writes a bill that's a fact that's not a policy it's not a policy it's a fact okay and so where where's the where do you run out of money you can't run out of money unless the political establishment decides that it wants to discipline labor or it wants to do something it wants to tighten monetary policy why the federal reserve mmt doesn't do the federal reserve what mmt does is describes the function of the federal reserve and unfortunately i'm sure you've seen this there's a lot of people out there that don't have a fucking clue what the Fed does, but they got things to say, right? They got a lot of things to say. That's an uninformed opinion, full of conspiracy and conjecture and crazy nonsense. MMT will tell you straight up that the central bank is a creature of the state and that the state has control over the central bank, not the other way around. And that any lack of control that the state exerts on the Fed is a political decision. It's not a real one because Article 1, Section 8 shows Congress has that power, okay? The idea of having a consolidated balance sheet between the Treasury and the Fed, that's not an MMT policy. That's an understanding that one side's 
asset is another side's liability. It's double entry accounting. But people that don't know double entry accounting or gap or any of the rest of it come up with theories that aren't real. But that doesn't mean they're doing MMT or this is MMT or that MMT supports the Fed or MMT supports Congress or MMT. That MMT describes how that works. Okay. So when Joe Biden sends $40 billion to Ukraine, Joe Biden is not doing MMT. But MMT can describe Joe Biden sending $40 billion to Ukraine. And what does it say? It says that the United States government neither raised taxes to spend that $40 billion to Ukraine to pay for it. Didn't do it. You'd have to be a, a loser to think that it did. A loser, right? And when you realize that you don't want to be a, a loser, you don't do that anymore. Right? And so Ukraine got $40 billion out of thin air. Now, did they get cash or did they get access to purchasing things or or whatever? I don't know. It, it, it just depends. Or, you know, what does the bill say? What does the what does the agreement say? Does the agreement say that the United States will provide 12 Apaches, 14 Hellfires, three nukes, and a tank? If it does, then the devil's in the details because that money will go to the tank manufacturer. That money will go to the aircraft carrier man manufacturer or the bomb manufacturer, Boeing or Halliburton or whoever. But the goods and services, because it's the real resources that matter, will then in turn go to Israel. Israel doesn't need U.S. dollars. Israel needs goods and services that can be purchased with U.S. dollars. Does this make sense? I hope it does. So as I think to myself, when Biden, you know, spends money on COVID relief or Trump spends money on COVID relief, where'd he find the money? There was no bill saying we got to raise taxes, five cents on gas and 10 cents on stock trades and 20 cents on this to pay for that. No. Where did the $800 billion for the military budget come from? Did they say, well, we've got to raise uh, income taxes up to this percent. We got to raise FICA taxes to pay. We got to raise this. We got to raise. No, they didn't. They just simply gave a budget for the military industrial complex and said, there you go, snapperhead. Enjoy. Okay. The military is not an MMT policy. Military spending is not an MMT policy. Nothing is an MMT policy in that space. MMT simply describes it. Now, years ago when I started Real Progressives, years ago, I said, hey, I want to take MMT and I want people that are real progressives to be able to understand how to achieve real progressive policies. So you got the basic plumbing and here, let me put this picture up so you guys can see. And thank you so much, Jules, for making this great picture. But this picture right here, okay, is absolutely spot on. If you think about it, the top left there is the plumbing. MMT is plumbing. MMT and the lady with the uh, microscope is a lens. It analyzes everything. But down here at the bottom with the Capitol building, that right there, my friends, all that is, is policy. Okay. Now, if you want to tell me, if you want to tell me that the United States government is doing MMT, well, you're wrong. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Joe Biden is not doing MMT policy. When the Democrats talk about raising taxes on the rich to pay for spending, that is not MMT policy. Okay. Period. There is no such thing as doing MMT. And there's no such thing as an MMT policy. It's a description. And that's that. It's a lens, quite frankly. I think the lens is super important to understand because if you think about it, 
and I know you've heard people trying to talk economics and they got you spinning in. Oh, and then you got to go out to the primary markets and sell the bonds. And then they got to they have interest on reserves and they got this and they got that. And you got all these things. And then don't forget about the IMF and the World Bank and the and the Rothschilds and shit like that. OK, they go through all these machinations and spinning all over the place. So much of that is there intentionally to confuse the living fuck out of us. Okay, so other rich people get to get richer with bonds and shit like that, okay? Warren Moser would tell you that we should have a zero interest rate policy from here to kingdom come. Randy Ray would say the exact same thing. And MMT is absolutely not fucking funding the military industrial complex. Anybody that says that literally not, no, I'm not talking about you upstate Raider. I'm talking about the people that think they going to get MMT. Fuck that psyop, man. I'm so cool, man. It's a, oh, it's just a psyop. It's just a furthering capitalism. Man. Yeah, yeah. All this lies. It's wrong. It's bullshit, right? You'd have a socialist world. And you would have some form of token, some form of money. And in that socialist world, MMT would describe that as well. MMT choosing the military industrial complex is not a thing. It's people that understand money and understand that they can get money out there by spending on the military industrial complex. This is neoliberalism. That's not MMT. A communist with MMT could do all kinds of things differently, okay? So the issue here is this. As long as there is a state and as long as there is a government, okay, that government, depending on its political ideology, will do things differently. It will have different values. It will have different, you know, outcomes it's trying to get to. And so, you know, I asked Warren Mosler, I said, what do you think about Biden? Is Biden, do you think Biden's doing a good job, Warren? And Warren says, doing a good job for who? That's a loaded question. Who, who, who do you think he's doing a good job for? Is he doing a good job for you? Um, probably, I don't think so. Is he doing a good job for the rich and powerful that are going to get bonuses from the tax hike or from the uh, rate increases and stuff at the Fed? Yeah. So it really comes down to who is benefiting because one person's spending is another person's income, right? So somebody's always winning. The question is who? Now for a progressive, we're looking for the people in the planet to win, not corporations and not the wealthy, not the 1%. But for somebody that wants the 1% to win, for somebody that wants to clear markets with the military industrial complex, for somebody who wants the stock market to blow up so that their investment portfolio is constantly growing. Well, MMT might work just fine because they're not doing MMT. They're making decisions to do these things that run counter to what the left would like to do. It's like a baseball bat, right? If I get up into the batter's box, twirl my bat around, get up in there and, you know, make good contact with the ball and hit it out of the park. The bat was clearly a good baseball tool. I, I knocked the ball out of the park. I hit a home run with this bat. However, some shady character with a bat in their hand hiding in an alleyway hits someone on the head. They just killed somebody. It was now a weapon. So is the bat good or is the bat bad? Which is it? It really comes down to who's wielding that. And right now we have a neoliberal order. And that neoliberal order is putting all the emphasis on fattening Wall Street, fattening privatization, fattening the oligarch class. And that includes Joe Biden, and that includes Donald Trump. Anybody that says it doesn't include Joe Biden has literally lied to you. And a person that lies is lacking integrity. And if they're lacking integrity, there's a lot of problems that go beyond that. And this is the problem, because I am steadfast on this. I've been talking about this for many, many, many years. And it doesn't matter what names you put into the slots. It doesn't matter what political party you put into the slots. What matters is what are you trying to achieve? 
And so MMT will describe what happens when you do certain things. But you didn't do MMT because MMT can describe what you did. MMT does allow us to understand, though, accounting identities like sectoral balances. But that's not only in MMT. Stock flow consistent modeling is not just an MMT thing, but MMT leverages that as part of its analysis, which it looks at three sectors, aggregate sectors. One is the rest of the world, which includes demand leakages and other things, offshoring, uh, the balance of payments, et cetera. That's one thing. Foreign debt, you name it. So that's one sector if in this th tri-sector approach. The other one is private debt, the debt you and I have taken on with credit cards, personal loans, whatever. That right there is another bucket. And then the final bucket is public debt. And public debt is not really debt at all. It's the one thing in these three that can continue on and on and on. You and I, when we look at our bank account, we wait till our paycheck comes in. Our paycheck says it's whatever. And you know you've got that much that you can spend. And depending upon what things you've taken on will depend on whether or not you can afford to spend or pay for what you've bit off the chew here, right? Federal government has no means to live beyond. It creates the currency. It can never go broke. So therefore, it could do, as a progressive, I say it could solve poverty because we could ensure that food is to the poor. And we can ensure that the payment is done by the federal government so that the poor aren't busy trying to ration out their little teeny UBI that some well-meaning leftists that don't know economics would push for, right? And so you look at this and you ask yourself, well, why do we continue to see publications? Why do we continue to see uh, social media saying that whenever somebody prints money that that's MMT? Have you heard me say print money one time? Until now, no, because MMT doesn't advocate printing money and printing money isn't a thing, okay? Way back in the olden days, they would print sheets and sheets and sheets and sheets of money. They would load it on a Brinks truck and they put it in the banks, okay? So before digitization and everything else, okay? People would demand uh, withdrawals and stuff like that in cash and there would be bank runs and guess what? All of a sudden, you see the bank robber with the little mask go in there and take the little sacks of money and run out. That isn't the way it is. Banks only hold enough cash to handle, you know, teller transactions. Everything that banks have could be done on a spreadsheet or done via electronics, period. There is no money printer go burr, right? And so when you think about it that way, you say, wait a minute, hold on. Okay, so what's wrong here? Well, you're going to have some other snapperhead come out and say, well, MMT advocates printing endless money and that 97% of the money in circulation is bank money. I'm going to take you back to the three sectors for a minute again, okay? The federal government, which has unlimited spending power, unlimited, doesn't mean that there's no consequences to what they do. It means that they have no short, they, they can never be insolvent. The money will always be because they create it. It's impossible to run out of something you create freely, okay? So with that in mind, with that in mind, knowing that the public sector could do anything, the reason why 97% of the money in circulation is quote-unquote bank money is because the federal government starves people of much-needed cash. They starve communities of much-needed cash, and they do it on purpose because they want banks to backfill that with credit. Credit money is different than sovereign spending. Credit money has to be paid back and doesn't create net financial assets. In other words, what's left over? What's left over when a loan is paid back? Nothing, because the interest was paid for by existing money that the federal government already spent in, okay? So it nets out to zero. So you don't create a net financial asset with bank money, it just doesn't happen. It zeroes out. The only way to create a net financial asset, in other words, something that lasts in the economy, it's financial, and that's public spending, period. That's public spending. So you, again, three sectors, public debt, private debt, and rest of world.
okay? Now, let me tell you what else MMT tells us, which is strange. It's going to sound counterintuitive, and it is counterintuitive. Savings is what we call a demand leakage. In other words, the money has been spent into the economy, but people have made a decision to save money and put it in their bank account. Well, banks can't lend reserves. Banks only lend deposits. Banks make deposits, keystroke deposits. And when the loans are paid back, they wipe out the zero, okay? So with that in mind, if you understand this, then you fundamentally understand that banks printing 97% of the money or whatever isn't an MMT policy either. MMT describes it. It explains to you that the federal government has decided not to fund the people, but have turned you over to the hounds of Wall Street, to the hounds of the banking sector, to freaking get their vig, to get their interest from you on a debt. That's a policy decision. That's not MMT. That's neoliberalism. So I, I'm hoping, hoping that the stuff that I've talked about today resonates with you, okay? Because if you do a Medicare for all policy without understanding MMT and the implications of, you might be one of these people that would say, well, let's do it state by state. That would be an uninformed person, an ignorant, economic illiterate that would do that, okay? An MMT-informed position would say that states are currency users, and states function very much like you and I, very much like businesses, very much like Bill Gates, because money doesn't ironically come from rich people. Another thing that MMT shows us as well, that if you tax the rich, tax them because they're too damn rich. But don't tax them to quote unquote pay for Medicare for all or pay for some other program because programs are not paid for by taxation. Taxes are fundamentally deleted upon receipt. This is not, forget what policy you're talking about. If they, your, your FICA taxes deleted, your federal income taxes deleted, it's all to keep the cycle going. It's not to fund. The government creates the money fresh every single time. Does this work for you? Do you get it? So when you look at states, states are competing with each other for who's going to get what corporation to headquarters in their backyard because they're desperate for tax revenue. They're desperate for jobs to tax on. So what do they do? They offer sweetheart deals. And when those big companies come in there, what do those sweetheart deals usually entail? Cutting the bottom out of the tax base. When a state says we're going to raise taxes to fund state-based initiatives, we have seen many, many times over the years, corporations picking up their headquarters, picking up their production sites and moving them to places that have no taxes. Okay. Because what are, what are corporate taxes anyway? Another MMT truism. Randy Ray is my guidepost on this. MMT says through Randy Ray, the developer, one of the developers, that they're nothing more than a pass through to consumers. So you got all these well-meaning economic illiterates cheering, let's tax corporations, make the corporations pay their fair share. But as long as corporations are corporations, they have one job and one job only, and that's to maximize shareholder value. So what are they going to do? They're going to raise prices to offset the tax hikes. And you look at the people that were doing it, you go, well played? Well played, snapperhead? Mm -mm. Don't you want an MMT-informed person that knows how the system works to be writing policy? Because at the state level, what happens if you have a pandemic and you're trying to do some sort of state-based medical care? Do you think the state system could handle the deluge that we had during the pandemic? No, it's going to need federal assistance. It's going to need federal subsidies. But the federal government already has Medicare. It's shitty because they haven't improved it in forever. And it doesn't pay for nearly enough because dumb people think that, well, I guess they think that taxes fund spending at the federal level, which is why you hear a lot of bad people, Reagans and Thatchers saying, 
You know, there's no such thing as public money. There's only, there's only taxpayer dollars. That's from the worst neoliberals to ever walk the face of the earth. And you hear lefties saying, my hard-earned tax dollars. You hear lefties talking about wasting my hard-earned tax dollars. Taken straight out of the Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher playbook. I want you to think about that for a minute. And realize that many of them are busy trying to lead us into the future. They're trying to lead us into the future by using Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher without even realizing they're using Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher. Okay. States have undue pressure put on them by the federal government. The federal government puts unfunded mandates on the states. So what happens when states who have to tax to be able to fund their operations because there aren't federal subsidies like what they should be block grants or, or anything else. What happens when the federal government imposes unfunded mandates on the states? Well, the states have to tax to pay for those things. Pensions in most states are underfunded. Why is that? Because states are currency users, not currency issuers. So these are things, these are things that MMT informs us of. You may want states to go belly up for whatever reason. You may want states to be, you know, you may want to discipline labor by, by shrinking the amount of disposable money they have so they don't have the right or they don't have the ability to simply not work at whatever shit job that is being offered to them. If you look, a lot of people checked out during the pandemic. They stopped working. They called it the great resignation. But suddenly you're seeing a massive amount of people going back to work. Now, there are vote blues, typically of the Biden bot variety, that are celebrating these job increases like it's a really great thing. The fact of the matter is, is what's happened is the federal government diminished savings. It's cut back its deficit reduction. It stopped spending into the economy. So the people that had a few bucks in their pocket and that were able to make different choices in their life suddenly are being forced back into the workforce. I don't call that a victory or a Pyrrhic victory, if you want to call it one. These are the things that dumb people say that are economically illiterate. And that is vast majority of leftists and people in our tribe that are in positions to make policy. That is terrifying, is it not? It's terrifying to me, that's for sure. So I'm hoping, hoping upon hope, that you guys understand that there's no such thing as doing MMT. There's no th such thing as doing MMT. Um, let me go up here. I want to see if there's any comments in here. There's a bunch of good comments, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to pull a bunch of them up. But just, just let me say this. Poverty is a political decision. Homelessness is a political decision. These are not the result of MMT. Invading Syria or invading, you know, take, you know, knocking off Gaddafi or whatever, that's not an MMT thing. That is 100% a political decision. And when you don't split them apart, you conflate politics and economics. And economics, in its true sense, is just this thing. And over here is your political aspirations and what you want to achieve. And there's that thing. You put the two together, and you've got an ideological framework for neoliberal economics. Now, what happens if suddenly there were socialists in there and we didn't have capital ownership of all these corporations? We had shared ownership of these corporations. What happens if everything changed, right? So I'm going to say something here real quick. This is kind of humorous to me because the, the actual developer of MMT um, would tell you that this is not true at all. In fact, the developers of MMT ranging from Bill Mitchell 
uh, who we just interviewed this past weekend on Macro and Cheese, to Warren Mosler, to Randy Ray, would say that MMT and the job guarantee are intrinsically coupled, that this is a core value. In fact, go out and look for Randall Ray, what I include in MMT, and he will tell you point blank that the job guarantee is core to MMT. So I, this is not my opinion, and any more than anybody else has opinions, they're not actually in any way, shape, or form true because the developers who created the theory will tell you point blank um, yeah, that the job guarantee is, in fact, core to MMT. So with that, my friends, I am going to bid you adieu. I hope that you learned something today. I don't know if you learned something today. I have to refine my approach to saying this because I full disclosure, I never script any of these things. All this stuff is a free flow of thoughts for planning that I've thought through. And I think of possible analogies and stuff like that, but I don't script it. Okay. And if you think about what I'm saying to you, you'll understand that this is becomes a way of thinking. It becomes a, a way to understand the world around you. And if we all understand this, then when they lie to us, we can say bullshit and we can organize around these truths. You know, you know, a friend of mine recently said we got to kill the old gods so we can have the new gods, right? Mark's got some things wrong back in the day, and a number of them were wrong because he simply didn't understand fiat currency. Okay. So you're dealing with a commodity guy in a fiat world today. They don't, they're not the same. Same with Eugene V. Debs. Love Eugene V. Debs. Not the same world. We don't have the factory floor. We don't have the ability to organize on the, the factory floor the way they did then. It's different. The world has changed dramatically. So we have to look at the future differently. It requires a new aesthetic. It requires a new analysis. It requires some things, building blocks of old things that we knew are true, but we have to analyze the material conditions of today to understand what those are. Again, what I just said, not MMT. That is my political analysis. Is it right? Is it wrong? You be the judge. The only thing I'm saying is empirical is in fact modern monetary theory. That is empirical. What I just said is my opinion other than that. So without further ado, I bid you adieu. Adieu, adieu, adieu. Gary, good news. No good news is good news, right? Anyway, have a great day, everybody. I'm out of here. Rogue Scholar is a production of Real Progressives. If you would like to support our work, please visit patreon.com slash realprogressives.